guys ready to get into the word this morning? All right, we're going to talk about expanding our capacity. And, you know, when my father died in 2012, one of the most meaningful things that I received was this peace lily or a plant. And that's why uh, many of you maybe have received the same sort of thing. But it was awesome. And, and a little bit of backstory is Julie and I are really fantastic at landscaping and outdoor plants. We've had some houses that we've, that we've turned that we've actually planted about 133 trees and shrubs and rose bushes and all those types of things. So outdoors, we can really get it done. But indoors has always been another matter. In fact, our house is known as the plant Graveyard. Our house is the place where plants uh, go, to, go to die, so to speak. And I don't know about you, but we had this rotation. And the rotation went is somebody would give us a plant or we would buy one. And it would come in and there would be in all of its glory right on the, the, the main coffee table or right in the entryway, right on an end table, the dining room uh, area right up front, and then it would start to fade a little bit, and we didn't know what to do, so we took that thing, and then it would kind of work its way back into the kitchen, and then into the little kitchenette area, and it would turn a little browner, it would shrink a little bit more, and it would keep going, and then it'd get a little bit worse, so then it would go like into one of the back bedrooms, we're kind of rotating the plant, we rotate it to the back bedroom, maybe into the, the one of the bathrooms back there, and then the poor things uh, eventually they would make it out to the back porch. And when they made it out to the back porch, there was like, there was just no coming back for the thing. And eventually it just ended up out into the, uh, the trash can. But I'll tell you, my, my dad's plant, do you guys do that rotation too when you've got those things? Well, it took us a while to figure it out. Um, but uh, with dad's plant, it really meant so much to me. And, and, uh, and, and so we have gotten much better. We figured a couple of things out. But it had seasons of growth, and it had seasons where it kind of uh, struggled. And it kind of started in this cycle. And then we discovered something very awesome about potted plants is that they can only get so big before they become root-bound. And then all of a sudden, uh, the roots would be very prone to uh, disease, and the thing would kind of... Uh, die off. In fact, about 80% of the time, this is what I've learned, 80% of the time when a, a plant is struggling, it's really because there's a, a root or a, a soil issue in it. So the cure was that we just put it in a bigger pot. And we've done that a couple of times. And if you saw this plant, I should have took, taken a picture. In his glory, it still has blooms on it. Uh, five years later, it is a, a beautiful, awesome thing. And we've since kept a couple of plants uh, alive. We have another uh, one in my mom's memory, and then we also have a fern, and these things have made it like the whole time. So, um, and, and just as, uh, you know, plants have a root system that need uh, sometimes to be re repotted and need a bigger capacity uh, for their roots to grow, you know, our, our spirits are the same way, our souls are the same way. And if we increase our capacity, if we go uh, deeper and if we go wider, then we'll see that growth will happens will happen and all we really have to do is we take care of the capacity and God will take care of the growth God wants to pour something into you so that he can do something through you and if you look at Philippians 1.6, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible because sometimes I have days where I'm, or weeks where I'm really, seasons where I'm really doing well, and then other times, you know, just in my own effort, I'm just, I'm just not all that impressed. And sometimes maybe even 
you know, gosh, why, why am I still here in, in, in this place? But then Philippians 1, 6, and this verse just comes to mind. It's one of the first ones that I, that I really took to heart. And it was like, and I am certain, this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So all I have to do is I have to give God the space that he needs and God will do the work in us. He is faithful to complete the good work that he's begun in each and every one of us. And I want to tell you that it is not God's plan that you would be saved or I would be saved and we'd start off there and from there we would shrink spiritually, we would forget a lot of things, so we would know less and less and less about God, that somehow life would get smaller and smaller and smaller, and our impact uh, that we would have with our friends and our relatives to connect them to the gospel in Jesus, that our impact would get less and less and less. I want to guarantee you that is not God's plan for the kingdom. There's a lot of examples, but it, that God's kingdom is about uh, expansion, and we're going to read a story. If you came to one of the meetings, we, we touched on this, one of the building meetings, we touched on this story in 2 Kings 4.1. It's a story of uh, a widow. We, the Bible doesn't tell us, but the book of uh, the historian Josephus seems to think that this w- widow was the widow of the prophet Obadiah. And uh, so if you've got your Bibles and open to 2 Kings 4.1, and we'll start there this morning. And on the day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And can you imagine, uh, widows were very much at risk and powerless in, in that society. And here her husband has died, the one who has given her her uh, support her means for a place to live and to eat. It would have been her covering and, and her protection. And, and the only thing that she really has left, and just the sorrow of losing a spouse, would be very, very tough. But now she's in danger of losing uh, the two people on the earth that could really step in for her lost husband and take care of her and to provide for her. And all of a sudden, they're on the verge, she's on the verge of losing that, but also just the pain and the anguish of seeing her sons placed in debtor's prison. It's a, it's a horrible desperate situation. And in verse 2, it says, uh, Elijah asked this, what can I do to help you? Tell me, uh, what do you have in the house? And she replied, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. Now, if you were going to have one thing in the house, olive oil was a pretty good thing to have in the house. It it was kind of like the uh, duct tape uh, of the day. So you could use olive oil, you could use it to have lights in your home, in a, in a lamp, you could use it to heat your, your uh, abode, you could use it for cooking, you could use it for healing, you could even use it as an offering. If you wanted to worship God, you could pour out some olive oil as an offering to the Lord, and it even gained in such stature that you could even use it for currency, just like money, you could exchange this stuff in a uh, place of food. Yeah. Um, so she's got one flask, and I want to tell you, it hardly seems, one flask of olive oil hardly seems 
uh, like enough to be able to offer a solution for the dire circumstance that she's in. But that's how miracles happen, right? If she's got 50 gallons of oil, (laughs) there's no story. There's no miracle part to it. And she desperately needed a miracle. And a lot of us, we'd love to see a miracle, but none of us wants to put ourselves in a position where we actually need a miracle. Well, this woman, she actually need a woman. Her and her house, they had been blessing and serving the Lord the whole entire uh, time. So continuing in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3, and Elisha said this, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors, then go out Uh, Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did just as she was told. And I want to tell you that this this story of Obadiah's widow just provides all sorts of principles for us. And the first one that we can see is that she does what the prophet tells her to do. There is no delay. There is no argument. She doesn't go about it to some of her friends. And she doesn't do it herself. She has her sons go out. She is all about whole and complete obedience. Borrow as many jars as you can, and that's exactly what she did. She didn't know, and what she couldn't know at the time was that God was ready to pour out this awesome blessing, and there would have been no way that she could have handled it with what she had. And if God had poured out uh, the oil, and if God had done the miracle right with what she had, it would have just run out onto the ground, and it would have been lost. You know, so it's a pretty cool moment, wouldn't you know, if God did something like that in your life and all of a sudden, you know, big, you know, gallons of oil are just kind of pouring out. And it's good for the moment. And it might encourage you briefly, but I want to tell you, we're going to look at this woman's story. And what God had in mind was way beyond just supplying for a little bit of need right up front, right? She had in mind, he had in mind that he was radically going to change this woman's life forever. So who sees miracles? People that are expecting miracles will see miracles. What do people look like that are expecting miracles? People that are expecting miracles do this. They look ahead and they create a capacity in faith for the thing that they don't have now, but which they are believing that God will pour out in the future. Amen. They are all the people that are, are, gonna, are expecting miracles are those that are creating the capacity in a- advance. In 2 Kings chapter 4 and 5, and, let's see, yeah, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 4, verses 5 and 6. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons, and there aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. So God has poured out this awesome blessing on this widow, and the pouring out continue until when? Until there was no more capacity for it to, to pour out. The widow had received a miracle, but she didn't uh, have it within her on how to sustain the miracle that was happening. 
So the question that we have to ask ourselves is how is our capacity? If we're going to really sit here as uh, believers and cry out for the more of the Lord, is there a place for God to actually pour it into? We're building, uh, you know, we're outfitting the the building down the street. We're going to increase our capacity. But I want to tell you that all of that is just wasted money unless we personally, as believers, as a church family, increase the capacity that is within us. And we're going to talk about how to increase that uh, capacity. More Lord. If we said more Lord and if he answered and did something miraculous, could we sustain the flow of what God actually wanted to do in our lives? Verse 7 says this. When she told the man of God what happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. So I'm not sure what her expectations were would have been, you know, I I don't know, I might have just been happy with, you know what, Lord, bring me enough money that I can, enough oil I can sell that it'll buy me some time. I just need a little bit more time, and then I can come up with my own solution, right, to keep my sons out of jail and put bread on the table. It might have been that she, maybe she did have faith that there would be enough of the blessing that would come that she would be able to get her uh, sons out of debtor's prison. Maybe that, that would have been enough. But God does something else. God is, is, is teaching her something about expanding her capacity that day and expanding in a way that God was going to do something in that day, in that moment, at that time, that would affect the rest of her life, that she would have provision, that she would have oil that not only take care of herself, not only keep her sons out of jail, but that also to be able to feed and sustain her family for as long as she lived. And I think that's pretty cool. Isaiah 54 verse 2 says this, and it calls to us today saying, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. So I want to spend the rest of the time this morning talking about how do we increase our capacity? How do we increase our impact on our friends and neighbors towards the gospel? How do we increase our capacity for relationship and stay in long-term relationships? How do we move into positions of greater influence with the people that God places in our lives? And how do we get to the place that where we love and forgive without limits? Because I tell you what, that's an important thing. Without forgiveness, I'll tell you, your capacity is always going to stay small. If you stay offended, there's the flow of what God wants to do in your life is always going to be put to a minimum. So the first thing that we see for the note takers is uh, obedience. You know, God had something uh, big to pour into this widow's life. And you know, he has something big to pour into our lives. He has something big to pour into your life. And I want to tell you that it begins with obedience. Luke eleven twenty eight says this, and this is Jesus talking, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. I want to tell you that there are some breakthroughs that you need in your life. There's some breakthroughs that are, are going to come and they're going to come simply through praying and fasting. 
there's going to be other breakthroughs or other victories that you're going to have in your life. Just like King Hezekiah, when he was leading an army, there's going to be some breakthroughs and healings that are going to come in your lives that are going to come just through worship alone and, and no other way. There's going to be some breakthroughs and, and awesome things that you're going to experience, some enlarging and expansion. They're going to come just from your giving and the offerings that you give to the Lord. But I want to tell you this, that there are, and some will come out of faith and spiritual warfare, but there are some breakthroughs that you are looking for in your life that the only way that they're going to come is through your obedience. That is the number one way that you can open up your capacity is to listen for the voice of God and to do what he says to do. Amen? Obedience is God's love language. It really is. The next thing is to purge, is to empty yourself. Our, our willing act to empty ourselves of lesser things creates capacity for God to pour into our lives the greater things. So our, our willingness, the act of our will to empty ourselves of the lesser things will open up capacity in our lives for the greater things. Ephesians 5.18 says this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, you can fill a lot of things in that place. Anything that's taking up capacity in your life, a chase for in materialistic things, wealth, prestige, all of that, you can fill it in the blank. Don't do that. Don't fill up with that. But instead of that, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, sometimes life gets a little bit crazy. I want to show you a slide up here. Sometimes, this is, I think, how God sees the inside of us. This person actually robbed a store, filled so much stuff in the car that they couldn't even drive off. <clears throat> and that's exactly what happens to us. We fill up with so much stuff. We overeat, we overdrink, we watch too many uh, uh, videos, we watch too many uh, gaming things, too much Pinterest. Uh, let's see, I got to go back to the guys. Uh, too much fantasy football. Uh, we're going to balance this thing out, don't worry. Facebook, that's everybody, right? Okay. And we stuff our minds and we stuff our bodies and we stuff our spirit so full that there is no room for God to pour out his power and love into our lives. So one of the keys is you just have to empty yourself, uh, get rid of the things, You know, and, and, and honestly, it, it's an easy thing to say, yeah, I want to be filled with the Spirit. But, I mean, there's a, some wrestling of the heart that, that really has to take place. Do you really want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you really want to defer to the Spirit's guidance and to defer to His rule and reign in your life? Do you really, really want that? I want to tell you the thing that holds so many of us back is that we like to call the shots in our life. 
You have to make a decision. What if, what if I do something weird? What if I do something kooky? I don't know. You're already doing weird and kooky things all day long. I can guarantee it. It's not gonna, those things are not going to be so weird to God. Are you okay with the Holy Spirit guiding you and calling the shots in your life? Do I really want, am I really, do I trust God enough to let go of the certain things to create that capacity in my life? He is faithful to complete the good work that he has begun in us. You have to believe, you have to believe that even on your worst day, God is, at move, is on the move, he's working in the back, forming you and shaping you into who he created you to be, into your uh, destiny. Okay, so the third thing is to get rid of the limiters within. And it's kind of like uh, go-karts. Anybody here like riding go-karts? I love riding go-karts. The things that I I don't love about go-karts is that I always get the slow go-kart. And they never go quite fast enough for me, even like on the big tracks. Uh, you know, well, I mean, big for somebody like me who's, you know, rents them by, you know, the 10 minutes or something. Not like, I know we got NASCAR drivers and different things. So guys like me, it never quite goes fast enough because I know I can't really see them, but they put limiters on those throttles so that no matter how hard you press on the gas, you are only going to go so far. And we have things in us that act in the exact same way. Maybe things that aren't super obvious to us, but they are limiters to what God, it's like they close in our capacity, make us less able to uh, do this on. Or you just might get the bum car. It seems like I'm just like, I don't have the car anointing. I'm gonna pick, I always know I'm gonna get the slowest one. And even though I know I can drive, well, probably better than I think, that I can, well, or less, not as good as I think I can drive, even though I think I can drive better than everybody there, and very like it's a slow car, and because that car's speed capacity is so slow, I'm just going to come in first place. It doesn't matter how badly I want to win. I'm going to come in last place. I'm going to be held back by it all. And the thing, the question I want you to, to look at this week is what walls or what weaknesses are within us that are like limiters on this go-kart. We talked about some. We talk about uh, being, uh, taking an offense at people. We talk about a lack of forgiveness. Those are huge limiters uh, in our lives. But what if this widow, what if she would have borrowed all those jars and all of those jars would have had cracks in them? What would have happened? God would have poured out and done this awesome miracle and it just would have seeped out onto the ground and been lost. Again, now it would have been a very cool moment in that moment to see that sort of thing happen. It's wow, but God always has something so much more than what we think and what we are planning if we will just increase our capacity and let him move. Cracks in our character will cause the blessings of God to slip through our fingers. I've seen it. I've known guys. Fortunately, most of the guys I know are outstanding pastors, great uh, uh, leaders in the church. But I've known some, and I even had one guy that came up and just said, you know what, I, I just let it slip through my fingers. I had it all, but there was a, a cracks in uh, the character that just kind of uh, leaked it out. For instance, God may be bringing you 
This is how it works. This is why we need to look at these limiters, these weaknesses, because God may be bringing you awesome friends, friends that will be there, that would be there forever for you, friends that will be there thick and thin, people that are there to speak encouragement into your life. And I want to tell you that if uh, all you're doing is acting rude and insecure and controlling, you are going to end up alone. No matter how much and how many friends God brings you, that's where it's going to be. He could pour out financial blessings, and if you mismanage money, you are going to end up broke. Right? So God always has the opportunities. It's just up to us to have the capacity to take care of the leaks and the cracks and the things uh, that we have. So you may not know them. Well, how do we find out? Well, I'll tell you, you've got the Holy Spirit. And if you're married, you have a spouse. So, and I often say, between uh, my wife and the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm probably going to get it right if I listen to the two of them. But you have coworkers, you have a boss. Are there common themes? Are there, are there common complaints or frustrations uh, or insights and suggestions that are being that over and over again from your wife at home, from your kids, from your parents, from your boss, from your peers that are all kind of have a common thread to them, those are the things that you really need to pay attention. You want to uh, work on yourself and build your capacity. Go to life groups. Invest in the marriage things on, on, on the midweek. Uh, read biographies of people that have increased their capacities. Take uh, courses online, whatever you have to do. But look at those things, those walls and those cracks within that are limiting our capacities. We all have them. The next thing is community. That was the big thing I noticed when I looked at this story that I didn't see the times before, is that every single person in this lady's life, all of her friends and all of her neighbors, got involved in the miracle. And I think that's an awesome thing because they all saw what happened. They would have been like, okay, lady, hey, uh, Dude, I need my jar back. And she would have been like, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened. I needed every single one, and every single one of them are filled with oil. Could you imagine the witness and the rejoicing that would have happened if it would have been just enough for the jar that she had, if God would have filled it, maybe one more that she found in the back. Nobody else knows about the miracle. But here, this whole community now knows of the goodness of God and how it works when we have a limited capacity and we pull on the capacity of others others in our community. We can reach in because I want to tell you this. We do the same thing with faith. It, nobody can have faith for everything that, that happens. And so what we can do is we can pull on the faith, the faith capacity of somebody else. Or so sometimes I don't believe things very well, but my wife does. And I want to tell you, I just pull her faith into this situation. And all of a sudden, collectively, we have the capacity to hold that miracle. And the same thing here. We're believing for the building. Well, I want to tell you, it's only collective as we come together, that God is that we can hold what God wants to pour out. The story was about the widow, but the story was about much more than the widow. It was about blessing a whole entire community. Now they had oil right down the street. They probably had it at a pretty good price. So I imagine that there were times where olive oil would be hard to get at and was one of life's greatest treasures of the day. But now this whole community has been blessed. You guys see that in the story, the importance of being in community and pulling on and pulling into our lives.
You need a testimony or you need a promise. If you don't have a testimony, pull on somebody else's. And I want to tell you, you're going to see your own testimony. If you lack faith, pull on somebody else's faith. You need a promise, borrow one. Sometimes people share, oh, God promised me this and that. And I'm like, you know what? I would love that for my family. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make that my promise. I want to tell you, if I move in faith, I I don't really care who it's for. I'm I'm taking it if, if I feel led to. Didn't originate with me, but I'm taking it. So, here's what I want to say this morning, and we're going to close with worship. But I want to tell you this. Look for jars all of the time. Look for jars everywhere you go. Every relationship that you have, every opportunity that comes your way. Again, uh, God's... Uh, Our part is the capacity, and I want to guarantee you that as we increase our capacity, God will bring us the opportunities. He's bringing opportunities into your life, Jerry, big ones, And, and you cannot hold them on your own. You must start trusting people. You must start pulling in the thing that they have in their lives. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're strong. It means you're saved. It means that, that, that God has revealed something to you. You are going to pull that thing in, and we are going to be there with you, and it is going to be an awesome thing, an awesome testimony, so much more than just you're going to be blessed, but so much more than, uh, than your life. Uh, and there's, some, there's somebody else. There's a, a lady sitting in the very, very back uh, corner of Brunette, right behind Lloyd. What is, what's your name, hon? Natasha. I want to tell you that, that you are a, a servant of the Lord. And you do a lot of little things for people. In the name of the Lord, you do even some things that other people weren't, wouldn't do. But the blessings that you are going to see, you are going to see things that even the, the greatest church leaders, those that are, are, are famous and, and prominent and all of that, are never going to see the level of blessing that God is going to pour out into your life. You've got a, a vision for uh, a, a ministry I mean, I think you already have probably two or three things going on right now. But he's got a, a vision for a ministry, and he is going to bring the capacity. And he's going to bring it soon through some sort of relationships that you have. But I also believe there's going to be a new person come in or a, a new family, a new church, a new missionary or something that is going to uh, agree with you and just speak the language that you've always been looking for somebody that could, uh, you could relate to. So I want to bless you.